You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I don't care what anybody say, he's trash, said Jalen Ramsey in August in an interview with GQ Magazine about Bill's rookie quarterback, Josh Allen. And it's going to show. That's a stupid draft pick to me. We play them this year, and I'm excited as hell. I hope he's their starting quarterback. Fast forward to today, November 25th, 2018. Jaguars entering the, I believe, 12th week of the year at 3-7, and seven, riding a six-game losing streak. The headline article on the game summary page after the Bills and Jaguars game, where the Jaguars fell by a score of 24-21 to a 3-8 and eight record in a seven-game losing streak. And I quote, Allen leads Bills to 24-21 win over the Jaguars. Scoring the go-ahead touchdown on a 14-yard run in the fourth quarter. Welcome back to Locked On Jaguars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Goodall. You can make sure to throw me a follow on Twitter, at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my absent co-host, Misto Christopho. He wasn't unable to join me today as he is wrapping up that article we've been teasing on Will Greer that will be out tomorrow morning, Monday, on LockedOnJaguars.com. So go ahead and bookmark that site while you're there. Be sure to check that out. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be really interested in that. Will Greer being the former Florida Gators and now current West Virginia Mountaineers quarterback. So a lot of nostalgia there, but I'm sure a lot of people will want to check that out regardless as the Jaguars are in need of a quarterback. Yes, it's fun to poke fun at Jalen Ramsey and company for obviously Ramsey trashing Josh Allen and everyone that thinks Josh Allen isn't good, which... I don't disagree with. I wasn't very high on Allen coming out at all, and I'm still not. But the fact that he scored the go-ahead touchdown, the Bills beat the Jaguars. I mean, the jokes are there, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a really bad game. I was watching on the road back from Tallahassee, uh, which, if I sound stuffy at all, sorry about that. Audio quality won't be great for me today because my allergy medicine, I forgot to take it with me to Tallahassee, so I've got a bit of a stuffy nose. I hope you guys don't mind that. Uh, but I was up there for UFFSU. I watched the game on a stream coming back today from Tallahassee, and I almost wish I didn't. So many poor throws by Blake Bortles. He's still the anchor to this team. Uh, obviously, Josh Allen not you know being able to put together at least a somewhat decent game despite a couple of bad throws. I don't think he had any turnovers, which is exactly what Jalen Ramsey wanted. Didn't get him, so of course that's a little bit embarrassing. But regardless, I still will pin this game on Blake Bortles. The run game was working. Blake couldn't hit a throw to save his life. It was like middle of the third quarter, and he was 5 for 11 for 36 yards in an interception. So many poorly placed throws. It just, it was one of the worst games he's had following a week where he had another one of his worst games that he's ever had, that being against Pittsburgh. 
It's just been a really rough stretch. It's come to it. The Jaguars cannot have a winning record this year. They can go even at absolute best, and they would have to win out their final five games of the year. That is not looking likely whatsoever. Season's over. It's time to talk about the draft. Time to talk about replacing Bortles and exactly how this offseason is going to shake out. I don't even really care to recap the game that much today, other than I do think... Leonard Fournette's going to get into some trouble because he came out and threw a punch from the bench and hit someone in the head wearing a helmet. Someone wearing a helmet. He came and hit them to start a fight when there was a lot of tension going on in the field. He better get suspended a game, man. If Tom Coughlin truly has you know, anything to do with this team and the culture aspect is something that he's important in regards to, then Fournette will get suspended a game. He has to. You can't just let that go. But all in all, sorry guys, I just need to take a second just to sigh. Who could have seen this going this way, you know? It's been such a cluster of a season, a cluster F, I won't use that word on air. Um, And it it really does lead to the fact that there needs to be changes come Black Monday on December 31st. Uh, The day after the Jaguars' last game of the season, there need to be firings. Now, the report that came out today was that Doug Marone will be safe. He won't be losing his job no matter how the season goes. And truth be told, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair trade-off because I do think Marone is a good head coach. I think we've seen that. I think he's anchored down by front office choices and management above him that's forcing him to do stuff. Like, I think Blake Bortles is being mandated to start by the GM. And I'm not a fan of Dave Caldwell. I made that pretty clear. And I think that that's a mandate from him. I think Tom Coughlin bought in on Dave Caldwell saying that they needed to keep Blake Bortles around and build the way that he was planning on build the team to try and hide Bortles' weaknesses. And I think that that might open it up for Coughlin to take over after this season, but not right now in the middle of it. We'll see. We'll see if Coughlin's still here. On December 31st, Dave Caldwell needs to be fired. He's the reason that this has happened by selling people on a bad quarterback, relying on bad quarterback play, thinking that you can just hide this kind of stuff these days when this is a passing league. Run games and dominant defenses aren't going to win you games. It's not a consistent winning formula anymore. It's about how electric you can be on offense, and you can't do that when you have a quarterback that overthrows a curl yard, a curl route or throws it way to the side on a curl route by five yards consistently. When that's the specific area of the field that you want your quarterback to hit in a West Coast offense where you're going like 5 to 10 yards, 15 yards max on your throws. It's where D.D. Westbrook has become their number one receiver because he catches everything within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage because that's what they just try to do so much. And it's not working. So people buying in on Caldwell, that makes them just as bad as he is. I don't think that that's necessarily what Marone wants to do. But he's in the position of where they talked about the three-headed front office, that he's in the lowest of them all because he's the just the head coach. Be- below the general manager, below the executive vice president of football operations. So I, I understand keeping him. We'll see what he wants to do going forward. Uh, I think Coughlin will stay just because of the nostalgic factor. And, you know, I'm sure there's an excuse that they can make to, you know, say that he fell he fell in line with Caldwell. I don't know how they're exactly going to play it off when they said that he had final say in all decisions, but he could just say, you know, I believed in Caldwell, and ultimately it wasn't the right choice, and now I'm going to hire the next GM. 
I also think the coordinators can go. I think you can just start fresh there. Will they? I'm not sure. I could see what's his. Uh, I could see Wash going. I think you could see him going before Hackett, just because Hackett is a guy that Marone has been close with for a very long time. But Wash, there isn't as many ties there, so I could see that guy being gone. So realistically, at this point, Dave Caldwell's got to go, and I'm also a believer that so should Todd Wash. So we'll see, but. A seven-game losing streak, man, the year after playing in the AFC Championship game. That calls for those types of changes, and I think we're going to see that on Black Monday. When we come back, assuming that these changes are made, we're going to talk about exactly what they could do next offseason to turn this ship around. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in the business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in game, live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. MyBookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie today. That's M. Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you're willing to hold out until 7 p.m., you get an extra $25 free play by using promo code LOCKEDON and add 25 at the end of it. If it's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner to take extra money. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, so let's assume that come Black Monday, December 31st, that the Jaguars do make the necessary firings of general manager Dave Caldwell as well as maybe some other ones and decide that they need to take a new approach this offseason and rather than building around what they have, fix, fix what they need to fix immediately. And that being the quarterback position, maybe adding a true dynamic playmaking receiver that can win contested catches a new tight end, add some depth to the offensive line, pretty much all offense, right, for the most part, instead of taking a defensive lineman on to the position that you already have the most amount of money on your cap space put to on the defensive line, your most skilled position on the roster, just taking a backup for that position. Maybe they'll be smart and actually address a real need this time, taking that quarterback or an offensive playmaker, something like that. How could they do that? Well, let's assume that they bring in a new general manager, and I don't know who some of the candidates could be. I've had people mention Elliot Wolf. Uh, he works for the Cleveland Browns. He's a up-and-comer as a front office candidate. Browns had a killer draft this past year. If you haven't been paying attention, they're actually winning games for the first time in a long time. So maybe someone like that that you can pull out of John Dorsey's pocket, and he comes in. And he's got several options. Right now, the Jaguars are projected to pick sixth overall. And because I don't necessarily know how the teams ahead of them or close to them have 
schedules, like what their schedules are for the rest of the year. I can't really predict if they're going to be moving up or down. So I'm going to keep them at sixth just for the time being. And that might have them just out of range to get a top quarterback at this point. And it all depends on what happens. You, The consensus number one and two are Justin Herbert, uh, the quarterback for Oregon. He's been the number one guy for as long as people can remember. The idea is that he might go back to school, but if he's getting projected to go t- top three, I don't see him going back and skipping out on that money. There could be a team like the New York Giants, the Oakland Raiders, who want to take him. And if they don't get Herbert, if they're still ahead of the Jaguars, they might want to take Dwayne Haskins if he decides to declare. He's 21 years old, and yet he's only started one whole season. So he's in an uh, interesting situation where he's older for what his experience says. He's playing really well up at Ohio State in his first year starting. Ohio State's a wreck right now, even though they are obviously winning. They're a top 10 team, even though they don't look like it on a week-to-week basis. I have a feeling that that team is going to blow up. Urban Meyer will probably be gone. There's so much scandal going on. You can't really blame Haskins, even though he only has one year starting, of perhaps leaving, saying, hey, I'm projected to go top 10 right now in a quarterback class that's not that strong. What do I have to lose? In which case, you got those two guys coming out. If either of them are available to the Jaguars at sixth overall and they skip out on one of them, Jump off the ship, guys. Go join another team's bandwagon because that would be pretty asinine. But assuming there's a new uh, general manager in place, the team is open up to going for a quarterback. I don't see any way that either of those guys would get skipped on. Caldwell, no, sorry, Coughlin doesn't. He seems to have a method of what he wants to do with quarterbacks. He likes the Parcells method. However, it's 2018. I think he might realize that there could be different ways to scout a quarterback than compared to what a coach did in the 80s and 90s. And he might be willing to branch out from his comfort zone and get a guy like Haskins who may not fit his requirements necessarily, but he's a dude that can make a lot of throws. He's mobile. He makes a lot of smart decisions. He's got a ton of arm power. There are some things you want to develop, but for the most part, he looks like he could have that it factor that the Jaguars have been missing at the quarterback position. So if either of them are there, I say you take one of them. And if they're not, I don't try and reach for a quarterback at that point because I don't see anyone else as really that high of value. And especially if Haskins and Herbert declare, I see those guys like Daniel Jones, Will Greer starting to drop into the later first, maybe even the early second round. It just depends on who needs to make a run on a quarterback. But if neither of those guys are there, I don't reach on Jones or Greer or Drew Locke or anyone like that. I take an elite talent because I'm assuming that at least one of those quarterbacks are off the board at this point and there's a lot of elite talent left. You've got Jonah Williams, who can come in and fix up the offensive line. You can move one of your tackles around and play Williams at either side. Uh, Or, in that case, you might get rid of Parnell, maybe move Richardson inside and continue to develop him. You have options when you have that many good offensive linemen, and Williams is a damn good one at that. You could bring in a defender. I, I know that I said I wouldn't be the type to, you know, try and add someone to a position group that's already as strong as they did last year. At the same time... It's looking like Malik Jackson doesn't have the greatest relationship with the team right now because they've been cutting his snaps. He and Marcel Darius and Calais Campbell all have massive cap hits, but at the same time, little dead money going forward. So at least one of those guys you could probably expect to be gone this year. And maybe you take a guy like Ed Oliver or Quinnen Williams just because you can't get out of your pick. You can't reach for a quarterback there. And those guys are true elite talents. They're not developmental guys like Taven Bryan. And maybe you move Taven Bryan back inside and put Quinn and Williams at defensive end or grab an edge rusher or something like that. 
But that's not a scenario you necessarily want to be in when your need is quarterback. But if they're forced their hand at that, or maybe they go after a potential elite receiving weapon like Nikhil Harry out of ASU, Arizona State University, who can really go up and make contested catches. He's a big-bodied receiver at, I believe, 6'4", 220. Uh, he's a guy that is insanely fast after the catch, can make people miss. Something that this Jaguars offense is missing, or a tight end, or something like that. Take the best available talent at that time, but not a developmental one, rather one that'll actually help you out right then. Defensive line could end up being a bigger need at that point if they let some guys go, but it all really depends on how those cookies crumble. But the goal should be quarterback. If you're taking that elite talent, no matter who it is, you have to try and package. You have to try and get back into the first. They have two second-round uh, picks now after trading away Dante Fowler on top of their own. They have their second-round pick, which will be a pretty early one. You've got to try and package at least one of the thirds with the second, move back into the first round, and take one of those quarterbacks like Jones or Greer if they're available in the 20s, if you're not getting that quarterback early on. And we'll just have to see. There's so much time, but at this point, you know, it's it's fun to speculate on what could happen. We're already moving on to the offseason at this point because the Jaguar season is over. But those seem to be the most realistic options at this point, and it really just depends on who declares, who needs what come draft time. But as of right now, I think that's where things stand. So that should just about do it for this segment. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit more about what we'll have on the podcast this upcoming week. All right, so a look to the week ahead here at Locked On Jaguars to finish us up here following this Jaguars 24-21 loss to the Buffalo Bills, which, as I said before, really needed no recap. You guys all know what happened. Um, like I said before, look for Chris's scouting report on Will Greer coming tomorrow morning, LockedOnJaguars.com. I, too, plan on having at least one or two out this week. I've got a busy schedule at work. I'm working every day. But when I'm not at work, I'm going to be working on trying to get a Dwayne Haskins report out. Quarterback out of Ohio State, I was just talking about. The Jaguars were at Ohio State for the fifth time this year, this past Saturday for the Michigan's, uh, no, the Ohio State versus Michigan game. So obviously there's some interest in someone up at that school. Considering their need at quarterback, you'd better hope it's Haskins. I'm a big fan of his, and I can't wait to get more work um, that I've been doing, watching his film out there for people to read. Um then, yeah, check out the Greer Report tomorrow. I'm sure we'll be doing another crossover episode this week. Uh, Jaguars obviously going on to play the Colts this upcoming week. And we don't have a current host of Lockdown Colts on the network. So we will most likely call on our friend Zach Hicks, who we had on just, I guess, about a week ago. Yeah, two weeks ago when the Jaguars last took on the Colts. He did a great job filling us in. He works for Stampede Blue, so he knows his stuff on the Colts. I'm sure he'll be back to break down the game with us once again. Uh, more writing to come, I'm sure. We've got a lot of our guys getting started on some cool draft projects. I know Demetrius is starting to work on something for the offensive line, more so than just scouting, but a lot of really cool analytical stuff that he's really into. I've been trying to help him on it, but I can tell you that his project's going to be badass. Something you guys are going to want to stick around for. Mock drafts, mock drafts galore. I'm sure a lot of them are going to be coming as well as some off-season projections, who they could look at if they're going to make any firings in terms of replacing front office people. There's just going to be a ton of shifting to the off-season because the season's done. As I mentioned before, we know that the season's done. So you guys can stick around for that. That should just about do it for us here at Locked on Jaguars. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. 
as well as Chris at Misto Christopho and the Locked On Jaguars handle itself at Locked On Jaguars. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on all listening services. You got iTunes, Spotify, Megaphone, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to Locked On Jaguars. And make sure to listen to us next time when we drop our next episode early this week.